Yum nub. Eat out the yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie and I didn't expect to see you so soon. And my name is Matt. You'll find I have many qualities for you to dislike. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dude, Matt straight up sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's an Ahsoka quote for when she's fighting Maul. Yeah. My, uh, do you know, did you know mine? I recognize it. I just don't. I can't place it. It's from the last episode. Oh, yeah. From, so I, I don't want to say because it's a spoiler. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll just put a spoiler thing up front. This isn't our usual show. Um, we just haven't recorded in a long time. We haven't posted a show in a long time for lots of reasons. Um, we just wanted to sit down, get back on the podcast horse, as it were, and just do a quick, what do we think about the first half of Ahsoka season, and throw it up with a very rough edit. So if you're listening to this, we're back, and we're sorry about the edit. Yep. So we'll put up a spoiler warning right now. We're going to talk about Ahsoka, and I'm not going to hold myself back. So if you haven't seen it, go watch Clone Wars. Go watch Rebels. And the 20 of you listening to this, I'm sure have seen, have seen all of the episodes of Ahsoka. Yeah, and... If you're still listening and you haven't seen all of that... Just made a big mistake. Agreed. Friend of the pod, Vin, Vin Diesel. Oh, man. I gotta get him, like, a Upcast t-shirt or something. <laughs> Children small. <laughs> Just with a, a picture of... Uh, of um, <clears throat> tech on it, and, like, slamming... A, a red ball looks up. It's got like, you know, Orbesh writing on it. Yeah, get on that, artists. <laughs> Let's get some fan art. We, gotta, yeah. we need we need something for a Vin Diesel T-shirt. We'll get the Rock to wear one too. Yeah, I'll call him up. He's a, he's in my DMs. That's how the kids say it, right? Yeah, he's in your DMs. Um. Anyway, so we're going to be doing this Ahsoka thing. So the from our time point of view, it's Sunday, September 10th, um, and four episodes are out so far, and part five comes out uh, on Tuesday. So I thought we'd just go back and forth on that, but before we did that, do you want to talk about any Star Wars stuff you've done? I have done jack shit with Star Wars other than watching Ahsoka. I've burned through all the new books. Um, I don't have... Um, yeah, I really don't have anything to re- to report on on that front. I know you do, but uh, yeah, anyway. yeah. So I was trying to think of what what Star Wars stuff I've done. Um, we're watching. I've watched a bunch of Star Wars with the kids, like cartoons and things. Um, my wife is watching Andor with me. We finished the Rise of the Red Blades. I have not started from a certain point of view for the Return of the Jedi yet. I will soon. But I guess my big collecting news is that I just turned around and looked at him. I have my Darth Maul mannequin. Um, I bought him while my family was in Ireland. My <laughs> my wife and son went to Ireland on vacation, and my other son and I, the littlest man, we drove to New Jersey and picked up Darth Maul in the car and drove him home. So now I have all five of the uh, 1999 Pepsi promotional statues. The thing, the thing I'm missing is the stand that Yoda came on, but apparently it was very cheap and most of them were broken. <laughs> but that's the only thing I'm still looking for. If I can find a stand, I'm going to get it. 
but now I have to find a place to put them and finish up my other projects, my R2 and my Battle Droid and things like that. But I've got a nice little collection of absurd Star Wars mannequins in the corner. And now I, I promised my wife that we're done. No, like you sent you sent me that picture of somebody buying a Episode One uh, Pepsi vending machine. It's like that. I would love to have that because I would just. I don't really drink soda anymore, so I just fill it with like beer and whatnot. Oh yeah, you can put beer in it. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> no, I want one. I showed that. I showed that to my wife. It's like uh, I'm not this crazy. By the way, it's Star Wars thrifting on Twitter. She's amazing. Um, very fun account to follow, or as we still call it on Twitter, we call it on X. <laughs> no, that sounds dumb. No, screw him. It's on Twitter. Um, uh, I showed it to my wife and said, look, I'm not this crazy. And she said, she basically said, who in the world would buy a vending machine? And I was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> who would who would want a vending machine? Um, if I had, I don't know, I, I, have, that, I have that warehouse where I, I do all of the beer chemistry. I would put it there. We could keep beer, beer in it there. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how much those cost. I know you can get vending machines for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, we we looked at buying a vending machine route from some friends. Um, can't remember how much it would have been. It be it wasn't like outrageous, and we would just have to like you know like go like every week or so and. You know, get the money and then fill it up, you know, with, you know, whatever products we brought from Sam's or Costco. But, uh, like, I don't think they're that expensive, or at least used ones. Like, we've we've been looking at trying to, you know, passively trying to find, you know, like an old, like the old school, like, Coke ones, where you, like, open up the side. Right. Um, you know, so something like that would be really cool to have. Um, but, you know, if I just happen to see a Star Wars one. And I had money and like access to a truck, and I'd be like, I'd just stick it in the garage and just be like, "Oh hey, it followed me home." <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was here when we moved in. You just never noticed it before over yeah. the past eight years. <laughs> yes. They they must. How often do you go it. in the garage, huh? <laughs> yeah, they they left it when they built the house. That's right. Your houses do. <laughs> It's easier to, easier to sell something like that in my house that was built in the 1920s. <laughs> Who knows when it was put in here? Sometime in the last 100 years at some point. <laughs> the only thing we can be, be certain is that it was probably after 1999. <laughs> Maybe they built the prototype down here. Yeah. It, you know, like, it would be, you know, it'd probably actually be preferable than, like, my other, my other hobby, which costs a lot of money. Uh uh, and is less dangerous, except if it were to like tip over and fall on someone. Yeah, more people are killed by vending machines every year than bears. So, <laughs> yes. so vending machines are more dangerous than bears by by that reasoning. No, I wouldn't be allowed to have your ho- other hobby. So, we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You're a dog fighter. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Do you want to? Since this is sort of like a supplemental episode, you just want to go into the the Ahsokas? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I thought I thought we could just go back and forth, and um, you could do a plot summary of an episode, and I can interject, and then I can do a plot summary of an episode, and you can interject. Um, so do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. So like, 
and um, so yeah, so the first one is it it starts off very different than a lot of Star Wars, where it it has a scroll, but it's not the same kind of scroll. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do this a lot, but what did you think of like the red font? Sort oh, of I didn't mind it brawl? at all. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. Um, you know, and then like like most things in Star Wars, it starts off in space. Um, uh, the New Republic is transferring uh, Morgan, whatever it was the 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 Dathomirian woman from the Mandalorian episode season two episodes. I want to say six, the Ahsoka episode. Yeah, the Jedi. Um, yeah, and um, you know she's a prisoner, and then they and. Um, a shuttle comes in saying that they're Jedi and they come and it's, it's the new character that we've seen Reese Evans and other girl, you know, Balin and Shin, and they just, they kill everybody. You know, it shows the new Republic is pretty, they're pretty worthless. You know, it's, that's been like a theme in a lot of the newer star Wars is that the new Republic is really worthless. Um, and then it, you know, goes to Ahsoka. She's on some, you know, planet in like in a city that's like ruined. And then she, um, Indiana Jones style, she finds like this orb. And then she fights um, some more like HK droids. And then they, in a kind of a callback to the Mandalorian, where they just like, you know, they go and like we, you know, how IG IG Eleven couldn't be captured. He, you know, he would wanted to try to explode himself. They all just decided to explode and so she runs out they explode and, and then she finds out that morgan escaped and then then they cut to like uh lothal and then there's uh you got um clancy brown as uh writer zadi and then you know sabine's supposed to be there but she's not and then he sends the cops after her and the cops are the cops are piloting like this these cool like like i, I just want to say they're probably made by the same company it's like incom is yeah. that the name they're, yeah they're, so they're e-wings Okay, that's what they're, that's the classification of that ship. They're actually a legend ship. Um, so they they appeared in some legend stuff, mm-hmm. and they brought them back for this. So they're pretty cool. But um, and there's that Top Gun shot you showed me at one, um, where you know like she's on her speeder, and then there's one like flying right next to her, and she's just, you know, she's having the time of her life, and she escapes, and she's been, you know, she's living with Ezra, you know, not living with Ezra, but living where Ezra, you know, lived, you know, she's got a cat. In the comp tower. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, and everybody loves the cat now. And, you know, instead of Grogu, Grogu's old news, I'll probably saying it out of order. You know, Ahsoka talks to, to Hera and Hera looks pretty good for the most part. Little, something's a little, not quite right, but something about, we can, we can talk about it a little bit, but like, if you want to talk about like, design issues with Hera, I think it's great, but her eyes are not quite right, or something. That's what always strikes me when it, when she's on screen. They look like fake somehow. Like I know that she's wearing contacts, or they're modifying her eye color. It just it doesn't quite look right to me. But anyway, I, I like the design of the character, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she, you know, she convinces her to, you know, she convinces Ahsoka to, you know, go see Sabine. And apparently there's some history there, and that's they were apparently, you know, like Ahsoka tried. I was tried to teach Sabine to become a Jedi, which this this is kind of like has everybody up all, all up in arms and trying to figure out what's going on. You know, is Sabine force sensitive? Turns out, no, it doesn't seem like she is, um, or at least, you know, she has the nominal force of you know abilities that uh, 
that pretty much any you know anybody might have right but um and then you know she tries uh then i guess turns out i say i keep on saying i guess it's like no it's not a guess i know the that thing that she got is actually a map and she brings in Sabine because Sabine's got the artist's eye. Like, she was able to figure out that uh, Jedi Temple way back, you know, in way back when in Rebels. Ahsoka doesn't want her to take it, but she does. And she uh, she unlocks it and then is attacked by uh, HK droids. And she's, you know, she's not wearing armor or anything. She's just wearing normal clothes. And uh, she's able to dispatch one of the droids. And then she comes in a contact with shin who they battle a little bit but then sheer uh sorry shin just uh you know stabs her you know through the abdomen but kind of off to the side so not not you know not a fatality like qui-gon but just you know enough to put her out you know and ahsoka arrive arrives a little too late and then that's the that's the that's the first episode in a very you know fast yeah, I think I think it's a good speed for these. Um, I do want to ask your opinion about a couple of things. So, so when when we start a new series or even like 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 returning cast of characters in like a movie, um, there's there's very much like a getting a band back together sort of thing. And this is going to be pretty much Rebels season five. Um, so how do how did you think about the introduction of Sabine, Ahsoka? Um, Hera and Chopper, right? Like, just like, what did you? What are your first impressions from this first episode? Oh, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, uh, it's a little confusing, you know, with the whole Sabine Ahsoka sort of uh, dynamic. But there's just so much to like, so much to take in. You know, you got right, you got Clancy Brown, ugh, Clancy Brown uh, playing writer Zadi. The the new perfect perfect the, absolutely perfect yeah the the new senator from um, Lothal is isn't he the kid Ezra new from um, the Stormtrooper Academy oh is he I, I read that somewhere I'm gonna look that up it is you're correct Jaikel is one of the kids from the Academy episode with the Inquisitor. See, I was thinking of Leonis. I thought that's what you were referring to, but no, there were there were like three of them that were all there together. You still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he was in a bunch of episodes of Rebels. I didn't catch that connection. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. I just gotta wonder what happened. Whatever happened, he was like looking for his his sister. Um. I think that was Leonis. I was looking for his sister. This was just one of the other recruits that were there. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I'm going to send you his Wikipedia page, so you can read it later. I've already sent you the wing page, but yeah, that's a that's a great catch. That's that's amazing. I love that stuff. Yeah, and then just you know, like all the, like the the artwork and the the helmets and you know the communications tower. Um, there is like the um, hollow of Ezra, or the actor that plays Ezra. Um, and um, they return. They don't even really explain it. Just you know, the I can't say his name correctly. Hu Wang. Yeah, Wang. Yeah, I'm Wang, sorry. He's just he somehow survived the the purge. Well, you could have been on a ship, right? Um, 
like he like he went on Coruscant, right? He he lived on that ship, whatever its name was, um, Crucible or whatever, mm-hmm. the Crucible. But I can't remember the name of the ship, but it was something. Um, but that's that's primarily where he was. I love I love that detail though. It's very Star Wars animation like heavy because that guy exists in a couple episodes, you know, mm-hmm. of Clone Wars that came out twenty years ago almost. And yeah. Now he's a main character. Yeah, and other than Yoda, he's been around forever. You know, he's seen like he's been like the guy every Padawan. Um, saw like he he's seen everybody's lightsaber for like however long that he's been with the order. Yeah, at least their first one, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So he has like all of the High Republic Jedi lightsabers, and presumably, like when you would see a new one, he would just put it in his database, right? Because no, it's a fascinating character. Yeah, I think yeah. we talked about. I don't know if that episode is out yet or not, but I think we talked about other versions of like tales of the Jedi sort of animation. And I think we talked about just giving Huang a show where you could see Jedi from different eras of the Jedi order getting their first lightsabers and talking and just having them talk about what's going on with like the Jedi at the, that time in the galaxy. Yeah. And the fact that he was um, in this episode, he was able to identify, uh, Balin Skull, is it Skull? Skull, yeah. Skull, yeah, like, um, um, by his lightsaber. Because, like, everybody's, like, because, like, every Jedi's lightsaber is, you know, slightly different. I think that was in the next episode, so maybe we should jump into that. That's it? Okay, yeah, all right, then go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, make sure I'm looking at the right one. Yeah, so part two is called Toil and Trouble. Um, basically, Sabine is um, in the hospital getting worked on. Um, she basic she tells Ahsoka that she decoded it. It was a map to a second galaxy, but all of her records were destroyed, and they took the map. Ahsoka is less than pleased with this, and she sort of walks away. We don't know Ahsoka and Sabine's history. We think. I think there's like 10 to 12 years gap in between Rebels and Ahsoka, right? Yeah, because this is, this is happening like post... It has to be happening like somewhere after Mando, or at least halfway through, after halfway, um, the halfway point of Mando Season 2. Right. I think most people are saying this is happening like during Season 3 of Mando. So we should see Lizzo at some point. <laughs> So has so has she already been to so she's already been to Luke met Grogu probably right like it's it just I, I'm just going off the fact that 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 uh, the Morgan was still like being transported so unless she's being she was um she was being sure. um transferred you know to various spots which like once again the New Republic is terrible with this sort of stuff okay anyways that it's not that important yeah yeah it's fine um. Maybe we'll get more clues as to the timeline exactly. I assumed it's relatively linear, so she's probably seen Luke and Grogu, knows that they survived, or knows that Grogu survived, and probably assumes that Grogu's getting trained by Luke. So anyway, the the bad guys, Balin and Shin, have the map, and Morgan, 
and they take it to these ruins on this planet called Cetos or Cetos. Um, and they put it in sort of this, it sort of looked like the, the temple Grogu goes to, except slightly different shape. And um, they put it on this stand. She uses some Night Sister magic and shows them that it's a map. Um, so back on Lethal. Uh, can, I, can I say one thing? That like, like, like Shin, um, Shin says it like, oh, she's she's a witch. It's like, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, like witches. Like it's like you you use you have a laser sword and you use basically space telekinesis. You know, is it really that different? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like they just use the force differently than you. What's the? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's splitting hairs, right? They're just yeah. another force religion. Um, yeah, so back on Lethal, um, Ahsoka goes back to the communications tower, uh, to sort of investigate what Sabine was working on. There's an HK droid there. She decapitates it and takes the head back to, um, the hospital for Sabine to decode it. They try to determine where the, where the droid originated from after some, um, maybe it will, maybe it won't explode stuff. They find out that the droid came from Corellia, from the New Republic shipyards on Corellia. Yeah. And so they decide that they're going to go to Corellia, Hera and Ahsoka, leaving Sabine behind. And so they go to Corellia, decide... So they head to Corellia, and they sort of inspect the shipyards. They speak to some bureaucrat who's trying to tell them that... that all the Imperial materials are being decommissioned and repurposed for the New Republic fleet. But they have ex-Imperials working at every level because they have to. They can't replace all of the workers. And this guy basically says, his name is Min, Min Weaver. He basically says that um, most people don't care who's in charge. They just want to get paid. Which yeah. is probably pretty true. Yeah, this guy he played like a good like shitty uh, politician in like this uh, show called Colony. I it was it was pretty good. I I got to stop watching after the second season. Um, and he's just like got that. I don't know he he seems like he's probably played a, you know he's he's, he's straight out of central casting for like schmucky defense lawyer for Law and Order. Right. Yeah, he played a defense lawyer in Law and Order for a long time. <laughs> shocking but yeah he's just uh he's just got that you know he's just got that look he's you know that's kind of like that's his bread and butter is just being uh an unlikable jerk yeah he was a he was a doctor on house md for a long time too but he's like the short balding middle-aged guy mm, i i didn't like that show because I, I i i like things that are real you like things that are real yeah on your Star Wars podcast. And based in reality, yeah. Yeah. House is a very good Sherlock Holmes adaptation, if you like Sherlock Holmes adaptations. Um, House MD. Mm. Anyway, we'll save that for a Sherlock Holmes podcast. <laughs> anyway, so this guy, Weaver, is trying to give Hera and Ahsoka the brush off, basically saying, like, like their job is to decommission stuff and... They don't have assassin droids working there, and go away, please. Hera threatens him with red tape. He caves and decides to give them a tour. 
um, while they're giving them a tour, they see a huge hyperdrive being built. Hera asks, what kind of ship is that for? Min says it's classified. doesn't make any sense to Hera that that's classified. So they get a protocol droid over there who doesn't know that it's supposed to lie to these women. And it inadvertently tells them the truth that there is an assassin droid there who's leaving with that hyperdrive right now. Yeah, this is the, you know, it's a red um, uh, 3PO unit. I, I assume, you know, in about 20 years it'll be missing an arm. But, um, yeah, it's cool. It's just it's just completely oblivious, you know, like it didn't know that it's not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, you, you do know why 3PO has a red arm, right? I don't remember. You probably don't recognize me because of the red arm. Yeah, so he there's a, a one-shot comic um, that came out a little bit after Force Awakens about a droid prison ship that 3PO was on. Basically, there's are droids that had committed crimes, and it crashes on a planet um, that has acid rain, and they all have to, like, work together to survive. And... There's maybe half a dozen of them. And as the comic progresses, the droids keep breaking down when exposed to the acid rain and other challenges on this planet, trying to make it some cave. And 3PO gets damaged, and this last droid like helps him make it to the cave, and it is destroyed by the acid rain. And when the rain stops, 3PO goes out and takes his arm off and puts his arm on puts this other droid's arm on his body, and it's a red arm. I'd like to take his, his face off. Mm-hmm. And it's like his, like his sacrifice sort of thing. It's a very heartwarming comic, if, if you can forgive the premise. But it's, an, it's, a, it's a cool story. Anyway, enough about that. So while they're while while this protocol droid is spilling the beans, everyone in this control room that they're in seems to be getting more and more nervous. And then one of them yells for the Empire and tries to shoot Ahsoka, and Ahsoka and Hera kill everybody in the room, except for men. Um, well, they they incapacitate everyone in the room, and. Soka jumps out the window, runs down to try to catch the ship as it's taking off. Hera goes back to her ship with Chopper to chase the ship in the air. When she, when Ahsoka's running for the ship, she encounters Shin and Marok. This is not the first appearance of Marok. He was in the first episode, but this is the first time he does anything. And Ahsoka and Marok have an Inquisitor versus Jedi lightsaber battle. Yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah, this whole this whole sequence. I loved, and started speculation. Who is Marok? Who is this guy? Right? Is he an Inquisitor? What's going on? But anyway, real quick to get out of the episode, um, Ahsoka and Marok fight basically to a draw, and there's a droid involved too. Doesn't doesn't do much. Um, but Hera chases the ship out of atmosphere and gets a tracker on the ship right before it jumps into hyperspace. Marok and Shin escape on a shuttle. Um, they're headed back to this planet where the where the temple sort of map is, because there's a gigantic ship in orbit, like a big hyperspace ring, mm-hmm. and they're planning on following this map to this external galaxy, this extra galaxy that the map is pointing them to. 
that's where part two ends. So let's talk about maybe Marok first. What do you think about Marok? Marok's cool. Yeah, he uh, he looks very much like uh, the the eighth brother uh, from Twilight of the Apprentice, but you know he can't be because he's the wrong species. But he's very cool nonetheless. He doesn't have like the imperial markings. Um, he has an Inquisitor's lightsaber, and he has a uniform that an Inquisitor could have worn, but he's yeah. obviously in the wrong time period to be an Inquisitor. And you're right, he's missing, like, the, whatever that... that Like the pauldrons. Yeah, that that's had. the word I was looking for. Yeah, pauldron. So, I love it. I love the whole thing. Um, we'll get to his, what we think he is in an episode or two, but um, I love him. What do you think about this more New Republican competence? Yeah, it's. I know you love this stuff. I, I, it's pretty bad because it it's you know it really mirrors you know you know I know you work for the government, but it's just it just mirrors you know you know incompetent you know just just how bad things are and just how they just they just let things they didn't really pay attention in in an effort to try not to become like the empire they just let a new empire you know you know grow on its own. Um. It's it's like the idea it's the idea that um, it's flourishing like the the old like conspiracy flourishes because of incompetence and laziness like they don't know how that the ships that are being dismantled are being repurposed for an enemy fleet like how it's corruption and incompetence right mm-hmm. because it's like, like if anyone was looking at it you would you would see discrepancies. Right, in my world, it's like it's called quality. And I, I know that word like has a general meaning, but has a very specific meaning. And like manufacturing and large systems, it means if you spend a dollar, you know where you spent it and how and what you got back in return for it. Right, mm-hmm. and then what happened to that thing? Right, if you bought a box of pens, right, you know that there are twenty pens in the box. That a box of twenty pens should last like a week or two weeks or a month. Right, and you monitor inventory and expenditures that way. Every large organization, government or corporation, does this with everything. Right? There's there's inventory and costs. That's how you establish what your budget is. And if you're burning through pens, right? If you're going through a box of pens every day, there's a problem. You have to figure that out because that's money. Right? Mm-hmm. It's efficiency, and like that's what it matters. I know. I know you said I work for the government, so what does efficiency matter? But you know, like what I do. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's large amounts of money. So even small differences cost millions, and so you have to monitor that stuff. This is wild to me that they're like, like, like maybe we should go take a look at the shipping yards. Is nobody looking? <laughs> because they get there and they're like, they're and there's like droids like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like that that assassin droid. He's down on the loading dock. It's like okay, right, and the whole thing where they start yelling like, like for the empire or whatever they're yelling. I was expecting some like exploding teeth sort of things, but these mm. guys are pawns. Yeah, and you know, I understand. You know, I understand the whole like you know, like the the U.S. You know, they had to use the you know Nazis to keep like the lights on because they knew how to do all that stuff. Um, but you know, they just kind of just, and this goes into like the third episode, which we'll get to. But you know, they just trusted that oh, they're just going to do the right thing. They only care, you know, they care about money. It's like, yes and no. Uh, yeah, I mean, think I think the last thing I want to talk about before we move on to the next episode because I do want to keep going is what do you think about this map MacGuffin? 
about them getting a map to the other galaxy. So it's it's kind of bizarre um, because a you know like the Indiana Jones stuff, sort of stuff is just like who can really believe that stuff that old still all works? You know all the booby traps and whatnot. But you know like okay I can get past that. And then it's kind of like well why you know then well why do they you know why does she need you know how does she know about this map to this other galaxy? And it's in you know at first it doesn't think or sorry it doesn't seem like like why would you store something that you need in some ruins? But to me it's more it's more like it um, you know like like she like she's grasping at straws trying to find Thrawn because she's claiming that he's like reaching out to her somehow. And, um, and so she knows that like, Oh, there's this map, you know, at this, you know, these ruins, I can go get them, but you know, she gets captured and Ahsoka gets there first. Um, you know, and so, you know, it's this ancient map that might have, um, might help. It's, it's all right. I can I can I can understand like wanting to use it because like nobody travels to the other gal other galaxies, you know. Um, I don't know. I guess I've talked a lot and said nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I don't love it. Um, I for a lot of the reasons you stated, it it doesn't from like a plot point of view, it doesn't make sense that there would be this ancient map that could lead them to something that happened a few years ago. They. There's some there's some piece of information that I'm missing that makes it make sense, and I don't I don't hate it, I yeah. absolutely don't. I, I think it's fine, but I think when we were talking about like what the plot was, um, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be more interesting that that maybe the Shadow Council? Oh, so if Thrawn returns, it has to be after the Shadow Council, right? Because they're talking about Thrawn returning in season three of Man- of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something to think about. But anyway, if the, if 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 the problem they're trying trying to solve is what happens if Thrawn returns, um, why not just start there? Why not just start with like I, I don't want to rewrite it, right? Because that that seems rude. But like, what if the premise is um, Thrawn disappeared with Ezra? We don't know what happened ten years ago. And now there's ships coming back from wherever he was who are saying, like, no, he's alive, and he has a fleet that's coming. And the conflict is, is Hera and team going to help prepare for Thrawn's reinvasion, or are they going to try to find Ezra, right? Because that's a conflict, right? Anyway, um, I do like it so far. So after two episodes. Do you want to do episode three, or...? Yeah, and I just want to mention, you know, Chopper um, uh, was in the last, you know, parts of, of this um, episode when they're uh, when Hera's chasing the uh, the tug that's hauling hauling the hyperdrive, um, the massive hyperdrive, um, and he's just very like homicidal, uh, which is refreshing. Refreshing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, right? You can understand Chopper when he's talking, mm-hmm. right? It's not it's not like B two emo and Andor who just speaks basic, and but it's not beeping, you know. It's it's not even like in the cartoon where you where it's just like like an adult <laughs> on Charlie Brown. Um, you can actually understand what he's saying if you if you just look past his accent slightly. Yeah. 
yeah all right so the um and you know the that okay i'll get in the third but the um the episode ends you know with you know sabine saying she's ready she's you know dusted off her uh, mandalorian armor and so um so I'm trying to remember exactly what happens in the third one. This is where they, you know, so like Sabine's, tra- so Sabine training with uh, Ho Wang. He's got like his, you know, like doing, and she's got like, he's kind of got like these wands that they're, they're not lightsabers exactly, but they're used to just kind of like, um, like measure the form, measure form. They're like holograms that are tracking where she's hitting him. He sort of looks like Grievous doing it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they're talking about it, you know, you know, Hwang says that, you know, she, you know, is, you know, she, he, he's told her that of all the Jedi that have been trained, you know, she is by far the least talented. Um, it seems that maybe as, you know, Ahsoka is trying to go a different route with, um, Jedi because she wouldn't, um, Sabine wouldn't have been somebody who would have been picked up, but, you know, you know, she thinks that maybe you know there's a better way of doing things. I don't know. Remember that, that, remember that High Republic story where Yoda or Yoda hires like the orphan to be like the janitor at the. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's Sabine's like on that path. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like uh, so it's like there are a lot of people just like worked there, right? Like maybe if she trained hard, she could be like a cafeteria attendant at the new Jedi Temple. Yeah. Luke has all those all those ant droids building it. They're going to need a cafeteria attendant. Yeah, it's somebody going to somebody's going to need to sweep the floors. <laughs> you know, they, they uh, whatever the she can be like whatever the, that guy's name is from Harry Potter, uh, who um, he um, he's the groundskeeper. He doesn't um, he doesn't have magic though. He's, Hagrid? He's, no, not Hagrid. No, he's um, oh the weird guy. Like the yeah, the guy with like the weird eye. Yeah, he's got like a cat. You know, Mr. he's Fetch, Felch. Yeah, something like that. Where he like he comes from a, his like he comes from a magical family, but he doesn't have magic. I think it's called like a quizling or something like that. So, but yeah, for whatever reason, you know, it's 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 hard to figure out. It's a lot of speculation. Like, why is she training? Trained? She's not. She doesn't really have force abilities. You know, maybe like better than normal reflexes and whatnot, with maybe a little. You know, maybe the you know she's able to tap into the force at a very unconscious level. You know, being a Mandalorian or ever having high like, you know, like high proficiency with like weapons or like reflexes and stuff. You know, things of that nature. You know, Hera is like she's trying to get authorization to go to go out there because there's something going on, you know, and there's, she's meeting with the security council and it's Mon Mothma, Senator Diona, who is Kaz's father and then some other random senators. And there, you know, there's a lot of verbal sparring. Hera doesn't seem to care for, uh, the senators, especially, um, Senator Ziona, um and uh, you know um and eventually it comes down you know they're not going to be helping and in the meantime when Ahsoka and uh Sabine get there you know they they're they're trying to get a reading on you know or Huang's trying to get a reading on what's going on you know as it but as they get closer like some ships show up and they're piloted by Shin Morak and like those aliens from 
that the the Jedi episode of um, Mandalorian. Right. Yeah, the guys with the masks. Yeah, and they're uh, they're actually they're actually flying like these pretty kind of cool like World War Two style fighters, kind of with a with with they kind of sort of look like General Grievous's um, ship. Um, so there's like a dogfight. They get pretty much um, they're you know they're just in their Jedi uh, ship and they get. They oh, I got get, some good news. Those starfighters are not named yet. <sighs> We don't have to do it now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, mm, well, I'm, you know, um, and so you know, it's a, it's a pretty good space battle. You know, like um, Sabine's like in the back. She's trying to, you know, as the tail gunner, she's trying to shoot, but you know, she and Ahsoka aren't sinking, and eventually Ahsoka kind of lets her, you know, do her thing, and you know, and then Sabine's much more. Um, she, she's, you know, she's much more uh, successful at shooting down a craft, and she's actually funny because she gets there and she's just like, "Oh, I noticed you got rid of all my presets," you know, like so, like Ahsoka, you know, like uh, re- reset the button that you know that puts the seat exactly the way she likes it, um, and then there's just, you know, there's a pretty, pretty awesome, you know, space battle. There's one point, you know, Sabine, or not Sabine, sorry, uh, Ahsoka. Uh, does a spacewalk while they're kind of dead in the water um, around, you know, near the ring, and so she she deflects a lot of the uh, blaster bolts from the ships, and then she cuts one of the ships apart. We don't and, get a lot of EVAs in Star Wars, yeah, and I really appreciated this a lot. Yeah, and, and you know, and at the end, like she when she was after she destroyed the ship with her lightsaber, she's just floating. She's like, "Can you come get me?" Yeah, she, and, didn't, she didn't marry Poppins her way through space like Leia. Yeah. It, anyways, so they're you know so they so they they're um, they go into the atmosphere and they're being a um, you know pursued and then there's Pergil in the um, in, in the atmosphere. So they're navigating through you know the Pergil and that's this is this is a really cool sequence. And eventually. Um, they escape and they're able to to land. They shut everything down, um, so they can you know kind of hide. And that's that's kind of the episode. Yeah the the appearance of the Purgle on Cetos or whatever it's called it really makes me curious about um, about this planet. Why the Purgle are there? Is this like 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 sparrows of Capistrano or whatever? Is this like a place that they always end up? Right? Are they? Are these like are Pergo like intergalactic travelers, and this planet is one of their way stations, basically. Mm-hmm. Like this is where they stop, and and yeah, I just I love it. I love this episode so much. There's so much to love about it, and like I'm I'm watching it with my family, and my wife is really getting into it. She loves that every single character, like all the male, all the main characters are female. She thinks that's great. For Star Wars, um, but uh, yeah, the EVA out of Ahsoka's, like for Ahsoka's spacewalk, I think that that was amazing. I love a good dogfight. Um, I think there was some criticism around this episode that we're three episodes in and we're still not getting to the main plot, but I, I mostly disagree with that. 
that you always have episodes getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. You have to establish that there's tension between Sabine and Ahsoka so you can show some growth in that relationship, some mending of that relationship. And I assume at some point we'll get a comic or a novel about Ahsoka taking Sabine as a trainer, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a Padawan and what, what happens there. Also, I think I think Ahsoka thinks that she's a bad master or like a bad Jedi or a bad whatever because she pretty much said that she abandoned Sabine when it got hard. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But then Pergil, right? So I thought that was just beautiful, like camera work and flying. And I know you're really into tent porn. Um, so all those tentacles on the screen must have been really exciting for you. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything for fear of getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> too, too, too late now. Um, no, it's it, just all good. Like, like as far as I'm concerned, it was just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we we're we're getting like we haven't talked much about Balin. I was hoping we can talk about him in the next episode because he's got a pretty big episode. But he has these little moments where Ray Stevenson is just crushing it. Mm-hmm. Like he's not on camera very much. He doesn't do much. He doesn't say much in the first three episodes. But every single time he's on screen, I'm like, I want to know more because he's like he's obviously a mercenary, and he and she tells him to kill Ahsoka. Or I guess Morgan tells Balin to kill Ahsoka, and he he says, "There's so few Jedi left that would be a shame." Yeah, and just like, what's motivating you, dude? Like, yeah. I need to know everything about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I I totally agree. Are you ready to move on to part four? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so so at the end of part three they sort of put down on the planet in this pretty beautiful like red forest hiding the ship um and they're so the Bayland and shin Balin and shin are told by morgan and the droids that the jedi put down in the forest and they're to be destroyed and so all the hk droids go out to find the ship they locate the ship and they start to um, attack Wang when he is fixing it. Um, they're able to get a message off um, to Sabine to tell them that they're here, but Sabine says that she's not allowed to come. Uh, that the that they didn't vote to allow for the mission. Um, Hera realizes that she's a rebel and a general and probably won't get in trouble for her no matter what she does, and so she gathers a squad of X-Wings, and they jump into hyperspace on the way to the planet anyway. Um, so now Ahsoka and Sabine are headed for the temple to try to retrieve the map before they do whatever they're going to do with the map, um, and they encounter Shen and Marok in the forest. So, so they fight, um, Sabine takes Shin, and Ahsoka takes Marok. Ahsoka versus Marok is very much an Ahsoka versus an Inquisitor battle. There's just a moment in the battle where Ahsoka sort of looks like she realizes who she's fighting, and then she cuts him in half, and he evaporates. Um, yeah, he or at turns least like, into like green smoke. Yeah, or like kind of more like green smoke that like escapes from him. And... Right. So he is probably some sort of Night Sister phantasm. Mm-hmm. Some sort of reanimated something, um, but he's basically a force projection by probably Morgan. 
um, unless there's another Night Sister out there, which we know that they didn't all die because there's one in Fallen Order as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sabine and Shin are fighting in a lightsaber duel, and they're like Sabine's not doing terrible, not like the first time. She's doing much better. And there's a funny moment where Sabine gets knocked down and she puts her hand up and Shin thinks she's about to be ready to get hit by the force and she sort of flinches and nothing happens. And then Sabine shoots a little rocket at her or some sort of projectile at her. Um, And Shin sort of realizes that Sabine is not force sensitive. Mm -hmm, But it destroys, I think it doesn't, like it hits her lightsaber and disables it. Yeah, so she's so Shin is um, disarmed, mm-hmm. and so they're all running. Uh, Ahsoka, after she beats Marak, um, runs to go to the temple, the little shrine thing where Balin is, and she confronts Balin, um, and they fight. Balin is still wielding that reddish lightsaber, and he's sort of taunting Ahsoka about the past. Ahsoka's not having it. She's like, I'm not here to talk about my past. I'm not here to make friends. Right? Um, it's a very good reality show speak. <laughs> and they do they have this wonderful duel duel. Shin shows up and Ahsoka assumes that means Sabine is dead. And this causes Ahsoka to lose some focus. Um, this entire time droids are using the map to calculate the route that they need to go in this hyperspace lane in between galaxies. And so there's sort of a clock running. Um, Ahsoka grabs the map off of the pedestal and it burns her hand. It like sears into her hand because it's being powered by this Night Sister flame and drops it. Balin has to put it back on the pedestal to get it going again. This is sort of the MacGuffin. And the bottom line is that the map is totally transferred to um, the hyperspace ring in orbit. Sabine shows up right in time to, well, I sort of did this out of order. So Sabine, Balin, and Ahsoka are still fighting. Sabine shows up, and Balin basically knocks Ahsoka off of the edge of the cliff. Sabine grabs the map and threatens to destroy it, and Balin sees that she is doubtful, like she is being... She's hemming and hawing in her own mind about whether or not she should destroy the map. And he convinces her, he convinces Sabine, to give him back the map so they can go find Ezra together. And she hands him the map. And Ahsoka's presumably dead at this point, or fell at least to the to the cliffs below. Um, Shin is not happy about this. Shin tries to use the Force to strangle Sabine. And Balin stops her. And they all, they finish analyzing the map. They all get on a shuttle and go up to the hyperspace ring, the three of them, together. And then we cut back to Ahsoka, who, when she fell, somehow fell into the world between worlds, where she encounters Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And that's the end of that episode. So we leave, we leave with... Hayden Christensen and and uh, Rosario Dawson as Anakin and Ahsoka looking at each other in the world between worlds. Yep. What do you think of this one? Yeah, this is a great episode. Um, great, like, just lightsaber duels. Great kind of like, exposition 
with uh, Balin, he, he like he's got like some sort of axe to grind against like Ahsoka or the Jedi in general. General, like there's something. Like, yeah, I would say Anakin. Like he said something like everybody in the Order knew Anakin, but few few knew few would survive to see what he became. Right, and mm-hmm. someone someone I think it was on Twitter. Someone was saying. Like, imagine Balin as, like, a militant Lutheran right after the Reformation. Like, someone who not only who was, like, a devout Catholic, who, like, had all of that, like, ripped away from him. And everyone's like, and now he's like, oh, no, never mind. They were wrong, and they should be punished for being wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not a terrible analogy here. Because those people, like, those religions went to war with each other for hundreds of years over what I consider a relatively subtle difference in the interpretation of the Bible, but to them it was profound. And whatever's going on with Balin, it's something like that. It's some sort of like reformation, like like once the Jedi were gone, he's like, oh, we don't have to behave like this anymore. This is actually better. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know I don't know how to describe him. I love this character. He is I'm 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 so sad that Ray Stevenson died. But I'm so happy we got this performance. Yeah, because like even like, um, like when they battle, like like when Ahsoka brings out her lightsaber, and he's just kind of like I can't remember what he 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 says, but like as he's unhooking his like predictable, like it's like, just like yeah, okay, this is yeah, this is how it's gonna go, you know. He did, but he like he didn't oh, want no. it. Well, he said he said something along the lines of um, like it didn't have we didn't have to do this, but you know no other way or something like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He says a lot to make it seem like like she's she's the problem, not him who went and killed you know killed a bunch of uh, innocent New Republic uh, stooges, <laughs> stooges. You know, red to, shirts. <laughs> yeah, that Mon Calamari security officer didn't have it coming. <laughs> But um, yeah, just all of that. The you know, like the the very end, the world between worlds, where you know he he calls her snips. Um, so you know, like you know, like like even like we were like guilty of like we were all speculating like who's Morak? Who's Morak? Like oh, he he's nothing really. I mean, yeah, he's vapor. <laughs> yeah. But I I almost love this more. Like as far as like Morak's identity. I love it. I love what they did with it. You know, like I would have been happy if it would would have been. I, I, I'm always okay with them tying it to something else, right? I like that connective tissue. But this is a different kind of connective tissue. It's like like she apparently can just make inquisitors, right? She can just have. She can just like make another one. Like we don't know what the recipe for this guy was, but it could be as easy as like flour and sugar for her. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. He, there could be like ten more of these guys. Like I love that idea. I love the idea that that she's a power powerful enough night sister where she's just like, I'll just make another minion, right? And yeah. just download the Inquisitor patch into him. Yeah, like I mean like who was he? Was like was he was was he an Inquisitor who was you know, killed and reanimated? You know, I love just, that. she just happens to you know you know, she had the you know, she had the body. Um, you know, and then just like Shin is starting to be like, she's always kind of got like, they make her kind of give her this kind of crazy look to where she's, you know, she doesn't, she's obviously doesn't like Sabine and, 
it takes a little bit for you know her to listen to Balin. You know, when it comes to choking her. Yeah, I think I think the whole thing with Shin is um, she doesn't understand. She doesn't have shared values with him, right? Like he still has this sort of vestigial Jedi ness about him, where he's obviously not following the order, but he's like, I gave her my word that she, that I won't harm her, and so you can't harm her. It's mm-hmm. like like that's not chaotic evil. That's like lawful evil, right? Like you're you're following a set of rules that that you're even telling the audience what those rules are. And you're like, yeah, we can't do that because I said so. Yeah. And he even like, he even like steps up the attack when like Ahsoka, at one point, like Ahsoka, you know, um, just pushes Shin with a force and just slams her against a rock. You know, he's just like, um, he, you know, he kind of like, I'm not sure if he says it then or earlier, but it's like, he says something like that was a mistake. Right. Which is, and, that's exactly what Kanan says to the the Grand Inquisitor when Ezra falls. Exactly. That's a good callback where he says, like, like now I have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's terrifying. Like, that, that connection is terrifying. The whole, yeah. So his whole thing is he's operating under some weird ethics that only he's he knows about. And when you get glimpses of it, you're like, like he's pretending like he doesn't have to fight Ahsoka. And she's the one that that's making, who's forcing this battle. Mm-hmm. But if he has to fight, he's going to win, right? He'll do whatever he has to to win. And I didn't mention it, but he destroys the map. Like he puts his lightsaber through the map. Yeah, I love that scene too. Yeah. Oh, and that's when. You, then also, you find out that um, Sabine's family died in the uh, Night of a Thousand Tears. Yeah, gut punch. I know you mentioned it in the first episode, but when we learned that, I told you. I said, no wonder she doesn't want to be remembered as a hero. Yeah. Right? It's complicated, right? When people are running around, like, trying to give you awards and praise for something you think didn't go well, it's tough, right? Yeah. And Balaam makes it seem like Ahsoka kept her from it, from going. So it was like, did she, like, because she was like, by the end, you know, the end of Rebels, she's going to stay on Lothal to help protect it from the Empire. And... You know, maybe, you know, she heard that Mandalore was under attack. She wanted to go help. But Ahsoka was just kind of like, don't go, you'll die. Um, That sort of thing. So, you know, so if this, and also if the timeline is correct, you know, like, will she, you know, learn about kind of, you know, the resurgent Mandalore? I hope so. Uh, You know, like where, like, she learns that Bo-Katan has taken, you know, has taken over, you know, um, Mandalore. Again, and Mandalorians, you know, are, um, you know, starting to rebuild their society. You know, like, will she meet, like, you know, Din, uh, Din Djarin and Grogu? You know, will she, you know, she go back? I mean, Din's on Navarro, right? If, if we're, if, if it's, if it's on the timeline that we think it's on, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's tough, right? Like, I would want that, right? Would you want that for Sabine, for her to, like, hook up with the, with the new Mandalore? Oh yeah, yeah. Me too. I think I think that'd be perfect. You know, just like you know, like maybe like Bo-Katan could just be like, could just be like, you were right not to go. You're you're right to stay away. You know, you know, don't like you would have died. You know, you know, some some sort of like, she's like you're you know like some sort of like, acting like some sort of like aunt. Yeah, being just like it was good that you stayed away. 
you know, like, because you're, you're like my only friend left. Yeah, I I would love that. I, I think that would be perfect. I think it would be a great send-off, like a great redemption arc for the character, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, just yeah, it's just so so much going on, and just like, and at the end, as if you have if you're watching with subtitles, as it fades to black, you know, after seeing Anakin, it says Vader's theme, and it plays some ominous music. So it's just like, hmm, you know, is is Anakin not just Anakin? Is he also Vader? Is there is there more to this than meets the eye? Well, I'll put I'll put a I'll put a question to you. So. This is where we are in the series. We haven't seen episode five. We're recording Sunday night. It's after midnight where I am, so it's Monday. So the new episode comes out in like thirty-six hours ish. Um, so, oh, actually, almost forty-eight hours. It's still like forty-three hours or something until it comes out. So, what do you think is happening in the war between worlds? Is he a Force ghost or is he? A Clone Wars era Anakin in the War Between World Between Worlds. Man, I I don't know because it depends on how she you know how she got there. Um, was she pulled in um, like she was before? Right, because she was pulled in by Ezra when she was fighting Vader in Twilight of the Apprentice. Right. Yeah. You know. You know. At this point, was she pulled in by Anakin? Does she can can she just like never die? She just like has like it's like something that she, like when she's about to die, she'll somehow end up in the world between worlds instead of uh, dead. I've never thought of that. That's interesting. It's like a Twilight Zone episode, right? Like the Jedi that couldn't die. Yeah, and they never explain how she got off. Um, uh, uh, Malachor. Malachor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, you could just assume that she took one of the Inquisitor's ships. Um, maybe I don't know. Because, you know, because, like, maybe Vader's just like, eh, I just don't want to fuck with this place anymore, and you know, because he's all fucked up and he leaves. You know, instead of, like, you know, bringing a huge Imperial force. But... Oh, he wouldn't do that, right? Like, this is... These battles are personal to him, right? Like, he didn't carpet bomb the moon where the Star Destroyer went down either. Right? He excavated it. Right? He's trying to figure out what's going on with the Force users and the Force. And he's not just trying to extinguish them. He's trying to understand what's going on. So, I don't know. I think I want it to be a Force ghost, honestly. I don't want it to be Anakin, um, like a live version of Anakin. Because I don't want to know what it means if Anakin has knowledge of the future that, like, Ahsoka lives. Um, And I sort of want them to fight, yeah, I mean, he says like I didn't expect you here so soon, so it was kind of a surprise. Is this like where he lives? Um, because he's he's like in the um, was it Shadows of the Empire? Shadow no. Shadows of the Sith. Shadows of the Sith. You're talking he about Anakin's up. Force Ghost showing up to Ant- or showing up to Luke, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's in that so <clears throat> yeah, so it's just like um, yeah, what is you know his, you know, the nature of him with the force. You know, I I don't know. It could be anything. And and with Filoni, sometimes he throws kind of expectations on on his ear. Just like you know, like we're we're kind of hoping that we get, you know, maybe a cross between you know Rebels Thrawn and like 
the canon books Thrawn, where maybe he's just like, you know, where the everybody in the Empire just assumes that he's going to help them. And instead, he might just be like, nah, no, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I really, I really hope Thrawn shows back up and he's like, oh, you guys all fell apart? All right, I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. It's like, I am in charge? Cool. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Death Stars? No, 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 no. The other, the other thing that people are speculating about is if you open up a pathway to another galaxy, is this a Vong thing? That's one thing that I've been thinking about. Yeah, so, dear listeners, if you're not 40-something, um, Yuzan Vong was a plot in Star Wars novels in the 90s where a race of extragalactic beings that are uh, immune to the Force come to destroy the galaxy. And there was concept art worked up for a Clone Wars episode where they discover a Yuzon Vong scout ship. And it was never produced. But there is concept art out there for the episode. So this is something that Filoni's been kicking around for a decade plus. Yeah. That would be cool if that ended up being like the, you know, the main antagonist. Is that, the, you know, they've been out... Yeah, you know, this is like the equivalent of like the time that uh, Q took um, Q took the Enterprise and just threw them into like the Delta Quadrant, and they encountered the Borg. You know, and that was they the introduction had, of the Borg. Yeah, and and in the end, they just ran because they couldn't fight them. It's uh, um, one of the best episodes of Next Generation. Yeah, I love. I love. I know. We're a Star Wars podcast, not a Star Trek podcast. But when they run at the end of that episode, um, they can't outrun them. The cube is gaining on them. And Q is sitting there next to Picard. And he says, they'll never stop. Like, you can't outrun them. They will just consume you. And it's just like this absolute hopelessness in that moment that I love. It's oh, like, yeah. Like, you are trapped. Like, you, you are in, you are trapped in his web, and you have no idea what's waiting for you not even how to like fight them but yeah mm-hmm. that, i love that episode and everything that happens after borg are one of my favorite science fiction concepts ever yeah let me write about it on my on my smartphone because i am not a human technology hybrid um but just a second i gotta update my facebook status <laughs> yeah Technology doesn't rob us of our identity. It just makes us all consumers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish they had ever, they had, well, maybe not, but just like explain like how the Borg became. Because like I, um, sorry, we'll get back to Star Wars. Um, like, no, we won't. I, no, we won't. This is what we're talking about now. Is when I when I was going to um, when I was going to um, night school back in two thousand two thousand one, I would come home and then watch like Voyager because it was on you know, at weird times. And the Borg and Voyager were so much more frightening than the Borg, you know, the, then the, um, the next generation. Cause there was just more of them. I, at least I found them more terrifying. Um, and I was like wondering like, what was their, what was their origin? How did, how, you know, how did they become, but is it, maybe it's just one of those things where you don't want to know because it'll just ruin it. Yeah, I'm on Memory Alpha, which is their Wikipedia, reading the Borg origin story. And the first line is, 
Um, the origin of the Borg is vague. What is known is hearsay. Um, and then it goes into, apparently, the history, the in-universe history of the Borg starts in the 15th century when they assimilated, when they started assimilating um, in the Delta Quadrant. Earliest record is 1484. And then a thousand years later, by 2373, they had assimilated a large portion of the Delta Quadrant. So, yeah, leave it leave it vague. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's fascinating, you know. So, yeah. So back to back to the Star Wars is that there could be a big bad out there that they don't know about that nobody no nobody travels, you know, between galaxies because it's it's, you know, it's I guess not it's near impossible and it would take forever. Right, we think interplanetary travel is impossible. Um, but it is like the idea of intergalactic travel is orders of magnitude more impossible, right? Like we couldn't, we couldn't for the life of ourselves get to another star in our lifetime. The closest star is dozens of light years away, like, like 15 or so light years away, right? Mm -hmm. It would take us a human lifetime to get there. We should be trying. Absolutely. Um, but it would take us a human lifetime to get there at least, um, could you imagine how long it would take us to get to the closest galaxy? Yeah, I don't know. I remember I I, I watched um, Stargate Universe, and they're like stuck in a ship, and at one point they've got to cross the void. It was like kind of like the end of the series, and you know, like everybody, you know, they're just everybody was put in you know cryo, and it was just going to take forever. And like, um, but yeah, it. It's 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 an unfathomable uh, distance. I mean, yeah. So Proxima Centauri is four point two light years away from us. That is the closest. Bernard's star is six, and there's some others that are less than ten. So there's a there's a handful that are less than ten away from us. Um, but I looked up how close the nearest galaxy is, and it is four point five billion <laughs> light years away. Um, no, that's how. That's how, sorry. That's how long it's going to take to collide with us. And it, the closest one is twenty five thousand light years away, and it's a it's a dwarf galaxy. So, so twenty five thousand years at light speed to get there. Um, it's orders of magnitude harder to get there than it would be to get to proximal Centauri, which is only five light years away or four light years away, and we can't even do that. Mm. Right, it's like it's like a fish getting to a bird's nest. You're not getting there, right? Not under yeah. your own power, not with your own like capabilities. It's not possible, right? And then it's like that bird getting to the moon. You know, like, like it's just never gonna happen. And it's just incredible. Like yeah. I love I love that the MacGuffin here is like we got to get to another galaxy. I think that's cool. I wish they would have cleaned up the plot a little bit to make it make a little bit more sense. But maybe we'll learn something about this map that makes it make more sense. I'm loving it so far. What do you, what would you give it so far out of like ten? Oh, I'd give it a eight and a half nine. Yeah, I'm right there. I'm like like probably eight and a half. Overall, so far, halfway through, super excited to get to the end. Um, I I've watched every episode multiple times. So I watch it when it comes out, and then I watch it later in the week with the kids. And there are things I'm noticing. Um, 
the second on second viewings that I missed the first time. So I think the rewatchability is gonna be really high. Let me ask you this: um, We saw Zeb in Mandalorian. Do you think we'll see him in this series? I hope so. I, I was I was hoping to see him when when we saw uh, Carson um, Tiva. Is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. Tiva uh, Teva. I can't remember how to pronounce it, but um, that would have been pretty cool. So I would think that they would, um, um, you know, if this is kind of, uh, uh, I want to say, you know, if this is, you know, Rebels season five, then they have to bring everybody back. Yeah, we glossed over we glossed over a couple of things um, in our plot summary, like Jason. Yeah. Um, Hera and Kanan's kid is explicitly in this show, and he has green hair. So everyone who's upset about the Lego set and had him have brown hair, everyone calm down. Yeah. Don't be mad. Buy some green paint. Yeah. Yeah, don't be... Yeah, that's the other... Yeah. Hello, kids. Let's pull up a chair. I'll turn my my chair around and sit on it backward to make me relatable to the young kids. (laughs) For a minute, turn my cap around. Let's have a ch- let's have a chat. When I was a kid, I did paint my Lego figures to look like Spider-Man. So, grow the fuck up. You have it good. Yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. I didn't have Star Wars figures, Star Wars minifigs. I had to paint my own Spider-Man minifigs. So, that's that's enough. That's enough from the cool camp counselor who painted Marvel minifigs in the late eighties. Anyway. Um, I'm not a sophisticated audience when it comes to Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Yeah, me too. So it's it's an easy sell. I always have my own like kibitzings and things that I wish were different, but I am insanely happy with Balin, Shin, Marok, Morgan as villains. I'm so happy Ahsoka, um, Hera, Sabine, and hopefully Zeb and Ezra are going to be in this show in like a real capacity i don't know what thrawn's going to be like but the leaked footage he looks like elon musk so <laughs> i hope he like tries to buy twitter back or something yeah i mean yeah i'm really hoping that that's just they just caught him at a bad angle <laughs> yeah episode five or part five is written and directed by dave filoni uh that could be that is, he's gonna mm. <laughs> I don't know. He li- he likes to just throw cannon in the garbage can when he thinks he has a better idea. I think I think he's I think it's written and directed by him because it's going to take place in the world between worlds, and that's one of his things. And he ba- he's basically said that it's not time travel. It's not a he's explicitly said in an interview. It's not a bunch of doors you can walk through. It's ways to see moments that are important for your own continuity. Basically, to witness things happening that mattered to you or impacted your journey through the Force. Hmm. So then, will we see, you know, like things from the Clone Wars in live action? Man, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Will we see like a younger, um, a younger like a like a younger actress playing Ahsoka and Hearing Ashley Eckstein's voice, I'd be on board. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? That. You should be in charge. Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, uh... this is so. This is the last episode 
um, episode five is the episode that is written and directed by Dave Filoni. The rest of them are different directors. So I, I'm, I'm expecting a big World Between World episode here. Hopefully we figure out what the deal with Anakin is. Hopefully he doesn't leave it ambiguous, which is the other thing he likes to do. Um, but I don't know. I feel like this show is very much in our wheelhouse. It's an animation to live action adaptation. And I, so far, I love it. I couldn't, I, yeah, very minor notes. I couldn't be happier. So do you have anything else you want to say about it or anything, any predictions you have for the rest of the season? No, I'm trying, I'm trying not to have any predictions because I just usually end up being completely wrong and then like ticked that yeah. it wasn't what I thought. Yeah. You don't want to get pissed. So now just, I'll just, uh, just accept it as it is. Is what it is, and it's fun so far. Yeah. All right. Um, I think uh, I, I just I'm really sorry that we haven't been posting episodes. It's 100% my fault. That straight up sucks. Um, and I'll get back to it. I I need to sort of rein in my mind sometimes, and it's been a tough tough couple of months. So yeah, I'll get back to it. Well, it takes two to tango, and I've got a lot of stuff going on too. So. Yeah, so we're still here. I apologize, and right it feels like right when we start building an audience, I do something like not post an episode for a month and a half. You know, when everyone's like, just be consistent, be consistent, and post episodes, and your audience will find you. And I'm like, oh, cool, a couple hundred people downloaded it. And just be like, no, I think I'm getting depressed for a month and not do anything. But we'll see. I'll try to keep up with it. This was fun. I like talking mm-hmm. about Star Wars. Yeah, me too. Okay, so uh, we'll be, you know, tune in for our next um, one, which should be uh, Clone Wars um, episode. So, all right, I'm just going to play the outro. Yeah. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, Please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Dun, 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 dun,